surprising if the girl blinded me with something. Hello? Hey, it's Thomas. Hey, Thomas, how are you? I'm okay, how are you? I'm doing fine, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you pretty good. Oh, good, 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 that's fantastic. You know, this is going to be the first time I've ever used Skype. Now, obviously, you're like a super technology guy, so you've been using this for how, how long have you been using Skype? Well, I suppose a couple of years. I mean, it's a bit like making a phone call in the 60s, just so you know. <laughs> okay. All right, well, um, if you're ready, we'll go ahead and start. Uh, we, are li- we are live. This is Mr. Christopher with Funkatopia.com, and I am on Skype with Mr. Thomas Dolby. How are you, sir? Very well. Good well, to hear from you. It's good to hear. It's good, definitely good to hear you. Um, let me go ahead and get the personal gushing out of the way. Um, I grew up listening to your music. I think when I was when I was a teenager, I, the golden age of wireless probably did not leave my Walkman. I'm dating myself, obviously. Did not leave my Walkman for for probably about four months straight. And uh, so it is truly, truly an honor to be able to speak to the person who has had such a traumatic, not traumatic, dramatic impact on just my music career and also. Uh, just my love for music. I mean, between you and Peter Gabriel and Prince, I think you guys really kind of formed um, my taste in music. And it, again, it is truly an honor to be able to speak with you. Well, thanks. No, that's that's very flattering. I, I have had a traumatic effect on many people as well. Dramatic <laughs> one. You've got this tour going on right now, the Time Capsule Tour, and uh, how many shows are you into this tour right now? About 28. Okay, and... and oh, sorry, started, yeah, we started South by Southwest in Austin uh, around about the 14th of March. Okay, so so how, are, how are the nerves going to be with, with this... Uh, well, to kind of give people a little bit of background, um, you're going to be bringing along a special item and uh, kind of explain to people exactly how this is going to work and how people can interact with, uh, with the time capsule. You know, the time capsule is a, a 1930s teardrop trailer, uh, which looks like it's been hacked into and customized by H.G. Wells and Nikola Tesla. And uh, we tow it behind the tour bus uh, and park it outside the venues where we play. And it houses a personal video messaging system, a little bit like a cross between a peep show and a, and a passport photo booth. And if you come down, you can have private time in the time capsule to record a 30 second message to the future. And that message could be uh, what you want to tell your great grandchildren. It could be a list of the music from today that you believe should still be listened to in a hundred or a thousand years. Uh, if you believe that our species won't still be on the planet in a thousand years, then maybe you could leave a message to space visitors that, that dig up the time capsule when they when they arrive on the Earth. Um, and the clips that we collect, these 30-second clips, uh, will go up on a YouTube TV type channel, and the most popular of them will win prizes. Well, that, sounds, that definitely sounds like it's going to be an interesting venture. I mean, how much testing have you gone through? I mean, th- this is obviously going to be something that, that nobody has really ever done before. Um, I mean, in this capacity, um, you know, how much time did it take to, to put this time capsule together? And, and how much testing have you gone through in order to make sure that everything's going to go 
as smoothly as possible? Are you having to bring your own IT guy uh, along, or is that going to be you uh, that's going to be able to, to fix any issues that come up during this uh, tour? Yeah, uh, well, it all came together fairly quickly. I had the idea probably the first week of January, and so it's been fairly rapid progress since then. Um, as far as issues, I mean, the technology is not uh, it's not rocket science. Um, you know, we, we shoot um, with a video camera. We convert that via laptop to an upload that goes up on YouTube. So this is not, um, you know, it's not the kind of technology that really needs a, a, a IT guy to be on salary. Um, the, the challenge actually is more a logistical one, you know, getting people in and out without trashing the thing, um, making sure that in the crowds that are milling around the streets of South by Southwest it doesn't get vandalized and all of the juicy bits stolen off it. Um, and then also I think just people's shyness level, I mean hopefully they will open up once they get in there and give us some wild clips, but I can also see people feeling a little bit shy and self-conscious. And that would be a shame. So the challenge really is, is how to get them to open up. And I, I have employed a couple of um, uh, very voluptuous-looking uh, uh, steampunk girls to host, to be the hostesses of the time capsule. Uh, one of whom is a very uh, acclaimed video artist from San Francisco, and the other of whom is a comedian. Um, so hopefully between them, they can get people's uh, creative juices flowing. That definitely sounds like it's going to be uh, an interesting venture, and we're definitely looking forward to seeing seeing some of these videos as they go up. And and uh, hopefully, if people are, are, know about this well enough in advance, they can even prep what they're going to say and and uh, you know kind of make it a, a really good, solid piece of work. So let's let's discuss a little bit about the new album. The new album is fantastic. You know, really, really like the flow of it. I know that there was um, a section of time where you had you know, three different parts that are kind of a you know, culmination of, of what this album is. Let's kind of talk a little bit about the new music that you currently have available. Uh, yeah, well, it's been um, 20 years in the making. Uh, I didn't use those 20 years to record it. I used about the last two or three. Um, the reason I was away was that I was in Silicon Valley uh, running my tech startup company, Beatnik, and that kept me pretty busy. Um, but having come back to music, I had a few ideas and lots of uh, feelings and emotions and uh, impressions to uh, to go into making the new album. So I think there's a plethora of ideas in there. and. Uh, I'm very strongly influenced by the environment where I am. So there are three sections to the album uh, named after three sort of imaginary continents, uh, Urbanoia, Americana with a K, and Oceania. And Urbanoia is about my love-hate relationship with cities. Uh, I'm really not a city person. I've lived in cities and I get a buzz from being there. Um, but at the end of the day, I get claustrophobic and I just long for the countryside. Um, so in that, in that set, you've got a very film noir vibe of something like, uh, let's say, Evil Twin Brother, which is about being jet-lagged in New York City at 3 o'clock in the morning and going out to an all-night diner and picking up a Russian waitress called Yelena, uh, who takes me to a late-night underground sort of Euro-trash dance club. And everything after that is a blur. Um, <laughs> And this, of course, is it's an elaboration on uh, on on real life. You know, um, I I've certainly had the jet lag, and I've got about as far as the diner, but I don't know any Russian waitresses. Uh -huh. 
They say that New York City never sleeps But I think they're only talking about me It's 3am and 95 degrees So I dressed and went out for a bite to eat I found an open diner on 14th Yelena brought me carrot cake and tea of archaeology and, and Greek art. And how much of that really, you know, as far as, you know, the, as far as being historical and having, you know, being a history buff, did that really impact, um, you know, some of the, uh, some of the themes that you have in your music and, you know, what kind of impact did it have on your childhood? I think it had a big impact. I mean, I think I took it in subliminally. I didn't, you know, on the surface, I wasn't very interested in, in dirty old pots, you know, when I was growing up and stuffy old museums. But I came to realize, you know, during my dad's lifetime that um, what really turned him on was the stories and the poetry behind the art. I mean, in, in the days when those pots were painted, there was no written history. It was all either oral or in the art on the pots. And they were a very religious as, very, as well as a very, very philosophical race, the Greeks. And um, so in their world, there's a real blurring between fact and mythology. And all of those things, I think, influence the way that I write my songs. Uh, you know, I think there's a strong sense of mythology, you know, running through my songs, the people and the places, and the displacement of, of, you know, people moving from one place to another. So I think all of that is reflected in there. Okay, and so I do have to ask this while it's on my mind. Fictional or non-fictional, who is Caroline? Because she seems to be making an appearance, <laughs> not only in this album, but in, in the past albums as well, um, who is this person? Non fictional, non-fictional? Caroline's sort of an embodiment of, of the spirit of uh, free music and free radio. Um, where I live on the east coast of Britain, looking out over the North Sea, uh, in the 60s and 70s, I probably could have spotted Radio Caroline with a powerful telescope because she was anchored out there broadcasting to the UK mainland uh, without a license. And 
In fact, in the, in the 60s, you know, I was, I was in boarding school, probably down my bed with a flashlight um, and a transistor radio and an earphone listening to Radio Caroline, and that was a big influence on me. Ah, gotcha. So that's where that name comes from. Um, so you're, you're a father of three now? A father of three, correct. Yes, and, and uh, how is their, what is their, are they involved in music? Are they paying attention to dad's music? Or are they in, any bit influenced by, uh, by what's going on? They're all musical to different degrees. I mean, the youngest, uh, Graham, is a drummer. He's a pretty good drummer. And in fact, he's going to be coming on tour with me and sitting in for a couple of songs um, in the mid part of the tour. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they've sort of grown up taking it for granted. Um, but during a lot of the, the early part of their lives, I wasn't actively doing any music at all other than the TED conference once a year. And it was a slightly strange experience for them, you know, that they knew their dad was a musician, but that they didn't really hear me playing music, and so it was a bit strange. Um, one of them came back from the playground one day, and he said, my friend says, his dad says, you stole a song from the Backstreet Boys. And I said, really interesting, what song? And they said, uh, your song, I, I Love You Goodbye, um, sounds like their song, um, I want it that way. And I thought, I want it that way. I love you goodbye. Oh, I can sort of see that. Yeah, yeah. How, how clever of me to have ripped off a song that, that was not, not only one of the biggest selling singles of all time, but also hadn't yet come out by, uh, you know, by about 10 years. So we always knew you were magical. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about, uh, actually, I got a couple strange questions because we have to do this during interviews. How do you like your eggs? Scramble, coach. Oh, uh, I like to scramble when I do them myself. I think most people tend to scramble, cook scramble eggs way too fast, and they end up sort of watery. But the trick with scramble eggs is, is you need a bit of butter and a bit of milk, and you need to put them on the lowest heat that your cooker is capable of. And if after half an hour you're still stirring away and they don't seem to be solidifying at all, just be patient. <laughs> there you go. There's your tip for the tip for the day. Um, assuming that you have that much time in the morning to make eggs. Uh, let's talk a little bit about TED. Now, I know you, you're the musical director of TED. Is that the correct title? Yeah, yes, that's correct. I've been musical director of TED for the last 10 years. Okay, now how do, how do you go about selecting you know, the bands that are you know, be performing at the conferences? You know, what's, is there a process that we go through? Or? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the music of TED is there to help people sort of digest and distill and uh, process the the ideas that they're hearing. I mean, over the course of four or five days, you're hearing this rapid fire of the most brilliant thinkers and inventors on the planet. And it can be really overwhelming. Um, and so it really helps when we sprinkle some music in there. It helps people sort of process what they're doing, like a palate cleanser, if you like. Um, so what are we like? Well, we, we don't tend to like sort of um, dancey, urban, relationship-type songs, um, nor do we like sort of bleeding heart, weird-out-the-world-type music either. Uh, we tend to like stuff which is interesting, quirky, eccentric, um, very personal. You know, we, we, we don't like manicured music. We like it when a songwriter will maybe tell a little bit of the story behind a song, and even if they're able 
to sort of adjust their songs so that it, you know, if, if, a, if music has a resonance with the conference itself, then that's great. I mean, same way as with the speakers, we don't like people that just work from a PowerPoint that they've given a dozen times before. You know, we, we like them to be in the moment. We like them to rip up their speech and, and just be in the moment. Another strange question. What's your favorite animal and why? <laughs> um, my cats, uh, you know, I've got I've got Rex cats, and uh, there's one of them in particular I'm very fond of. Um, and in fact, I, I recently he pees on the toilet, and uh, I shot some video and put it on YouTube recently, and it's had more views than most of my music videos. And I thought, wow, actually, I could make my life a lot simpler if I did away with album covers and videos and just put Mozart peeing on the toilet, you know, up instead. I'd get much, you know, more page views. Um, uh, yeah, so I suppose the cat is really my favorite animal. Okay, tell me a little bit about uh, the nutmeg of consolation. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so we are, um, my house in England is in a very low-lying region facing the North Sea, you know, opposite Holland. And uh, we flood from time to time. So I couldn't have the proverbial garden shed, you know, that most sort of middle-aged rocks, ex-rock stars have in their gardens. Um, so I decided to uh, to get, get myself a lifeboat, and I got some local traditional boat builders to help me convert it. And I decided I wanted it to run on renewable energy. So uh, I put a big turbine up the mast and solar panels on the roof and a bank of batteries where the engine used to be. And uh, now I can work late into the night um, using nothing but uh, solar and wind power. I was drifting for days. Where the sun don't shine While the night is young My clock a little over time Out until dawn Awaken with the setting sun And I'll tether my blimp Wherever there's a party on Uh, Jeff Beck on guitar. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, at least two pieces would sound fantastic. <laughs> so, so what kind of music are you listening to now? What uh, what, are, what are some bands that are out right now that, that people uh, people may not know about or that haven't really hit the mainstream yet that you would highly suggest that people take a listen to? Yeah, um, let me see. Uh, Dishwalla is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Venus Hum, uh, Athlete. Uh, what else? I'm just looking through my uh, collection here. Oh, Elizabeth and the Catapults. Have you come across them? No, I have not. I've not heard about them. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. That's I think of off the top of my head. That's fantastic. That's a, you definitely, you, outside of Dishwalla, you name some bands that we uh, that I'm not familiar with. So I'm definitely be uh, I'll definitely be starting up the Spotify later on. <laughs> Uh, what is the last book that you've read? Uh, it's a trilogy by William Golding called To the Ends of the Earth. Yeah, what's that book about? Uh, it's set in the age of sail, and it's about a sort of ill-fated uh, trip to uh, Australia. At least <laughs> just enough to entice, and we'll definitely be looking for that. Well, is there anything else that you want to speak about, that you want people to know about, outside of, obviously, they need to get out to this tour and participate in the time capsule and help to make this project as successful as it possibly can be but is there anything else that uh, you want to let people know about or, or have that's that you have said to yourself I wish some interviewer would ask me about that <laughs> no, I think we've just about covered everything it was great talking to you well, it's absolute pleasure speaking with you again uh, again this has been an absolute absolute honor for me to be able to speak with you and once again this is Mr. Christopher with Funkatopia.com speaking with the one the only the fantastic Mr. Thomas Dolby thank you very much for your time sir and have a good day thank you you too alright bye bye